Thank you for joining us. God loves his children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, he deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from him to do things our way rather than turn to him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, his love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us, and he is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. Turn with us to the book of Jonah. We're continuing our progress through the book. Jonah chapter 1 verses 5 through 11 is our text for this morning. Jonah chapter 1 verses 5 through 11. And there you'll find these words. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is, what is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. From this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach this morning, the renegade prophet who faced a great storm. The renegade prophet who faced a great storm. Let's look particularly in verse five. Uh, it says, then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. Verse five can be entitled the terrified sailors and the sleeping prophet, the terrified sailors and the sleeping prophet. Uh, look at verse 5a. It says, then the mariners were afraid. Look at that. They were afraid. There was some kind of storm. Jonah's disobedience endangered the lives of the other seamen. Your sins not only affect you, they affect everyone associated with you. Such as your church, your sins affect your co-workers, your sins even affect your precious family. 
who affects your family? For example, there may be a father who leaves his home, abandoning his home, his family, and leaves his home in disarray and nerve-wracking, nerve-wracking pain, just abandons his family. Then you have a child who affects the whole family, a child strung out on drugs that you attempt to rescue and salvage because of their horrific decisions, which create discord and chaos in the family. And then there's a military member who goes rogue, which endangers the lives of his fellow military members by putting them in harm's way. And then others are even affected in the church by sins of other parishioners, such as a disgruntled church member who sows discord, which leads to division and congregants leaving the church feeling discouraged. They leave the church instead of being blessed and full of joy. They leave the church angry, bitter, and not wanting to join any other church assembly because of how they were treated in that particular church. For heaven's sakes, Please obey God so we don't have to feel the repercussions of your rebellion against God. Your sins affect those you love most. It affects those you are associated with. And if you don't want to see your family suffer, do the right thing and be righteous. Amen. Then the scripture says in verse five, a it says, Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God. Look at that. It was impossible for the mariners to control a supernatural storm that was being sent from God himself. This was no ordinary storm. This was a storm that had Jonah's name on it. And as I said before, if this storm could have been named, I believe it would have been named Hurricane Jonah. It was beyond their human ability and they were absolutely helpless to navigate the ship through this storm that was directed specifically at Jonah. When the mariners were at the point of helplessness, they cried out to their gods in prayer for help. Now let's give the pagan mariners some credit. They had enough sense to pray even though they were praying to false gods when all else failed, which should have served notice as a rebuke to God's own prophet Jonah, who was sleeping instead of praying to his one and only true and living God. They pray to their false God. He sleep and won't even pray to the true and living God. Look at verse 5a again, verse 5a and c. The scripture says, then the mariners were afraid and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. Now the mariners knew that in great storms, the protocol was always to lighten the ship by casting the cargo overboard. And that they did. And like the mariners in the boat with Jonah, we need to get rid of anything that will weigh us down in the midst of the storm. Beloved, the things of this world take on less value when our lives are ebbing away. Even today, when you know that you are dying, the things of this world are no longer priority as the moments of your life are running out. What matters most when you are dying is your relationship with Christ, your relationship with your family, and your relationship with your church.
That's what matters most. I have never, ever seen a dying person, and I've seen many of them. I have never seen a dying person speak of their car needed washing. I've never seen a dying person say, let's go catch a big sale. I've never seen a dying person being worried about their team that lost that big game. In the waning moments of your life, all that really matters is your relationship with Christ. And I sure hope you have one. Because if you die without Christ, that is terrible. What matters most is your relationship with your family. I've always heard my mom say, if you don't have, if you don't have family, if you don't have Christ, and if you don't have the church, you don't have much going for you. And she said that just the other day. And I I just hold on to that. She said, if you don't have a a relationship with Christ, if you don't have a, a relationship with your family, and if you don't have a relationship with your church, you don't have much going for you, even if you think you are all of that. Look at verse 5a. It says, but Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. Now, some saints are so worn out from their personal activities on Saturday night that they can't get up and come to church on Sunday morning. And that's why they can't get to church. They all down on the river. They're down in this place. They eat not late. 10 o'clock at night you eating. You know that's not good for you eating like that. Like a full course meal. You know, no wonder you can't come to church. You got indigestion. You know, and you can't get up and come to church on Sunday morning. Or here's the other side. They come to the Lord's house and get their best sleep during the sermon. I don't know how the sermons can put folk to sleep. They don't need Benadryl. They don't need some kind of sleeping drug. Just, just say, turn, open the Bible and turn to, and oh, gone. And they say, I'm praying. No, you're not praying. You sleep. (laughs) Jonah being fast asleep on that ship, listen closely, is a picture of believers today who are lethargic. Jonah sleeping on that ship was a picture of of people today, believers today particularly, who are apathetic and spiritually asleep in a world that is full, filled, and raging with violence. This world is, you you just saw what happened in Virginia the other day. All one shooting after another shooting all across the country. This, This country and world is filled with wickedness. It's filled with rebellion. And so many Christians are clueless as to what's going on around them. They just, we're in information overload. You hear so much about crisis until you say, oh, that's another one. And you just keep going on and you fall asleep and you're not being proactive with the gospel in the world in which we live. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, not tomorrow, not next month, not Christmas. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Not only was Jonah asleep physically. Oh, that rascal was asleep. But he, even more, he was asleep lethargically. He was asleep spiritually. 
which jeopardized the lives of everyone on that ship. Look at verse 5. All oh, this is it's, it's tucked in the Bible. Don't speed read the Bible. It's so much truth to unpack. And, and if you read it slowly and meditatively, you begin to lift principles out the text just like I do as well. Verse 5c says, but Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. Now, listen to this. Jonah was fast asleep instead of witnessing to, to pagan crewmen. They were all lost on that ship. But he'd rather sleep than witness. Uh, he was sleeping so hard in the midst of that tremendous storm, it resulted in the sea captain rebuking Jonah, the prophet of God, for his careless and lackadaisical spirit. He sh- Jonah showed absolutely no regard for the danger that he put the other crewmen in. In other words, the preacher should have been a spiritual asset, but rather he was a spiritual liability. I believe Jonah was sleeping so hard because he was emotionally and physically exhausted from running from God. Running from God makes you tired. Running from God, it will exhaust you. Jonah felt the weight of his own guilt upon him. Jonah, I believe, was experiencing anxiety attacks. So, so he's, I, if I can just sleep and he slept. All because of running from Almighty God who was summoning him. Perhaps he figured he could escape reality if he could just sleep his problems away. When you are in a backslidden condition, my friend, and when you are in rebellion against Almighty God, There is an inability to think clearly when you're living in sin and living in rebellion against God, which means you you come up with wrong conclusion. Your thinking is confused and you begin to act on those wrong conclusions and it only worsens your situation. Look at verse six. Verse six is Jonah rebuked by the ship's captain. Verse six says, So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. This man was nervous. This sea sea captain was nervous. Perhaps your God uh, will consider us so that we may not perish. You know, the prophet Jonah was in spiritual regression when a worldly lost pagan captain of the ship rebukes the prophet of God And calls him a name. He calls him sleeper. And tells him to arise. And pray to his God. In the midst of this raging storm. You know you're in bad shape spiritually. When not even a violent storm. That's in your life right at that moment. Will not move you to pray. You would not think that anyone would have to tell you to pray. To God in the midst of your storm. Perhaps Jonah was trying to sleep his problem away. As I said. Running from God. Is not only. Dangerous. It's stressful. It is stressful. 
All the Jonas are not gone. There's some of them my voice today. You are backslidden from God. Or perhaps you're just here because your family is here. You're here because of the dedication, dedication of a baby to the Lord. Maybe you're here because you wanted to see a child or adult baptized. You come to church when it's a funeral or a wedding or something special. It's Christmas or Easter. But I want to tell you something. Church is more than that. It is more than an event. It's coming to church is a necessity. It is, it is life when you come here. The joy of the Lord envelops your life when you come here. Your burdens are lifted when you come here. God gives you a a direction when you come here. Your hope is renewed when you come here. Depression is lifted when you come here. You're not misinformed when you come here. When you come here, there is no political uh, correctness. There, There is none of that kind of stuff. Only when you come here, you hear the truth because only the truth and nothing but the truth will set you free. Do I have a witness out there? Nothing but the truth will set you free. He was in bad shape uh, spiritually thinking he can sleep his problems away running from God. Running from God is stressful. It brings on anxiety. Uh, It creates worry. Uh, You you don't know which way to go. You just run him. Also, when you run from God, let me tell you something. And when you're away from God and spiritual regression and you're backslidden, and I'm talking to a number of persons, not only here, but by the Internet and radio and everywhere else, running from God, when you do that, there's no inward peace and there's no inner contentment. No peace, no contentment, no satisfaction. Money can't satisfy you when you're running from God. Uh, the sports can't satisfy you. Uh, uh, women can't satisfy you. The things of this world can't satisfy you. Your career cannot satisfy you. Uh, your position, your status in life cannot satisfy you. Only Jesus satisfies. Many when encountering adversity, you know what they do? When the storms of life come, they run away, they leave the church, they turn to alcohol, uh, they turn to psychics, they turn to their friends who can't help them, they become workaholics and bury themselves in their work, even if they work from home, they shut the door and bury themselves in their work, they refuse to come to church and become isolated and secluded, as in the case of Jonah. But Jonah's sin was soon exposed. Verse 7, God exposes Jonah. Look at verse 7. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Now listen, my friends, because the storm was so fierce and unlike any other they had encountered, the sailors concluded that the storm was a judgment against someone on that boat. Something terrible someone had done um, amidst their crew. 
Trouble has a way of causing us to do some serious soul searching for the purpose of purging our lives of anything that come between us and God. It's so bad that somebody's done something on this ship. You know, who, 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 who is it? Verse 7a says, and they said to one another, at least they were taking initiative to do something. Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause all this trouble has come upon us. No one aboard the ship knew that Jonah was a fugitive running from Almighty God. But Jonah was soon found out. I got to say something on that. Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verses 23b, it says, and be sure your sins will find you out. He was down there on the bottom of the ship, sleep, hiding, isolated, out of this world. But his sins found him out. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 2 also says, for there is nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing again. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Did you get that? I better say that again because some of y'all, y'all slipping and sliding. You're doing stuff your wife don't know. You're doing stuff your hubby don't know. Some of your children doing something your parents don't, don't know. And, uh, and all, all over the place, you know, it's going different direction. And you think you got this little dirty little secret, but oh, what's done in secret will be shouted from the housetop. I repeat that scripture again. You need to write it down. Some of y'all scared to write it down because it's too convicting. Luke 12, 2 says, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. God knows how to expose your sins. And he knows how to whip you because of them. If you are his child, he, ch- he chastens those he loves. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. God exposed Jonah through the casting of lots and he was identified as the culprit. Some things will not be revealed until there is a crisis in your life, which causes us to make the necessary adjustments that we otherwise would not have made. Storms also have a way of bringing out the best of people. You say, you think, oh, this person is so nice. They wouldn't hurt anybody. She's so sweet. I've never seen a man so nice as him. And all of a sudden, when calamity hit, all of a sudden, the the reality of, of who that person is really come out. Trouble has the way, has a way of bringing the best out of people and the worst out of people. It does. You want to see a person's character? Just wait. Look at them when they're in trouble. Look at them during terrible, turbulent and stormy weathers. Weather. It has a way of bringing the best and worst out of people. Because this storm was unlike any other storm the crewmen had encountered, they took the initiative to cast lots to see who was responsible for this raging storms. They had exasperated themselves. Nothing they could do could, could stop the storm. They, a, a human ability was no match for what God was doing. In this passage, in this, let, me tell you, let me just tell you how bad he was. And, just, and I wonder, is this somebody in the house today? This is the man of God in bad shape. 
And you know, you, thank you, Holy Ghost. You know, you got some preaching. Some, some reason some churches are in bad shape because some pastors are in bad shape. That's right. I think it's not, it's not written there, but God just gave that to me. Uh, some pastors are in bad shape. They get up there in the pulpit. They talk about a gospel of politics. They get up in the pulpit and talk about racism. They, they get up in the pulpit and they just lambast the president when the Bible says pray for those in authority over you. They, they, get, they get to the pulpit and they, they open, uh, some of them don't even have a Bible because they come in technology. They don't know with technology. And I know the Bible's in technology, but I like coming from a book. I like to be able to lick my finger and turn a page. That's right. Turn a page because I don't, I don't want no technology blanking out on me because the battery went out. You know, that did happen one time. We were at a revival. I ain't not going to go to call a church and all day. I know he's like, y'all like to know more, but I ain't telling you no more. But, <laughs> and this preacher got up to preach, and all of a sudden, his, his, uh, his iPhone, whatever he had, uh, iPad, went on a blink. And then he had to somebody, well, can I use your Bible down there? Can I use your Bible? And he, and he went down and got the Bible. And I said to myself, well, he should have had that in the first place. Where is your Bible? That's why we have to teach the books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. I'm not going to call the Bible. I'm not going to wait. I'm, you say, please don't go to 66. Uh, but but, but, but you, you just push the button and, and up here, there's nothing. Nothing. You can't think. Come on, let's talk about it. You don't even know your own spouse's phone number. Nothing. You Everything. You got to, you can't look up nothing. You don't even know what a book is anymore. Look, I go, where's amen? I think I'm by my, about myself, you know? So, so, so a lot of preachers in bad shape. And if the preachers are, are soft, little, got little sayings, uh, they can't say what verse five is saying in the scripture. They don't, if they can't read the text, interpret the text and apply the text in its literal grammatical cultural context you in the wrong place if you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.